wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day, everyone. Happy Monday. Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Welcome to another episode of Purpose Driven. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. And today I'm sharing an interview I did with a friend of mine a while back, back in 2020, as we were all kind of coming to terms with all the changes that were happening and the uncertainty and everything that was going on. And we were talking about workplace conflict. And I didn't get to put the interview out then. And I actually think now is a really, really good time to be thinking about this as we're still dealing with uncertainty and we're kind of trying to figure out what we do next. And I, I love speaking with Tulsi. I'll tell you a bit more about what this interview is all about in a second. But just before we get on to that, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. So if you've ever had been in a workplace environment where everything is going all right and then there's just one person, one person who kind of makes everything difficult and no one really knows what to do about it. These are the situations that Tulsi deals with for a living. Uh, Her and her business partner run Brave People Solutions, and they are all about dealing with workplace conflict and strengthening communication between teams. Really, really awesome. Highly recommend checking out Tulsi and the work that she does. Um, Tulsi has a background in psychology, and we get to talk about the role psychology plays here and also just understand a little bit more about how to deal with these behaviors that we don't want in the workplace without sort of demonizing the person responsible for it. And I think that's really, really important. I love the way Tulsi speaks about all of this. She is a hugely empathic and compassionate person. um, And I'm so excited that I finally get to share this interview with you. So I hope you enjoy it. Like I said, just remember, we talked about this a while ago. So some of the things we're referring to, you might be like, wait, but that's not going on right now. Um, But it doesn't really make a difference. Like in terms of 90% of what we're talking about, maybe I would say probably more, 99% of what we're talking about still relates to everything that's going on today. And Tulsi has been doing this long before the pandemic happened as well. So uh, enjoy this episode uh, and we'll get onto that in just a tick. Just before we do, there will be a little ad break. And also just a quick reminder that this podcast is – run by me essentially and anything you can do to support the running of this show so I have to pay for things like hosting fees and equipment and all that kind of stuff and I put it out for free 
Uh, but it doesn't mean that this content is cheap. It doesn't mean that this content is not valuable. I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you think that this content is helpful. So if you met me and you were like, Lauren, love your show. I'd really like to buy you a cup of coffee to show my appreciation. You can do that. You can do that over at Kofi. So if you go to ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress, you can buy me a cup of coffee and you can do it as a one-off thing or you can do it as a one-off uh, as a one-off thing. I just said that or a once a month thing. <laughs> once a month is really, really helpful for me because I know I have to pay monthly subscription fee. So it's just great to know that there's some money coming in. So really appreciate anything you can do to support me there to help sort of offset the costs of running this show and putting it together. Uh, other thing you can do to support the show is uh, share it with friends, share it with people who you think would find it helpful. All that kind of stuff goes a really, really long way. So really appreciate anything you can do. Oh, and rate and review the show as well, if you can. All right. Uh, like I said, there'll just be a little ad break here and uh, we'll be back in a tick with Tulsi Vandegraaff. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here and joining me again is Tulsi Vandegraaff. So last time Tulsi and I spoke, we had a little bit of tech issues. So we're hoping this time that the internet gods will be kind to us. <laughs> and we're talking about such an interesting and such an important topic, I think, because um, as you'll see in, in the post description, you know, conflict, as we all know, is is hard to manage at the best of times. And you know, with what we're dealing with at the moment and the uncertainty and remote working, this is like, I think, a huge challenge for, for business leaders right now. So I wanted to speak with Tulsi because Tulsi is a conflict and communication expert. And Tulsi, do you want to explain a little bit about what you do to help businesses, you know, resolve conflict? Yeah, I, I, I work for with Brave People Solutions. I've got a business partner and, and together we really go into organisations and help them sort out the communication and conflict challenges. But we also, I guess it's like there are two streams. It's around strengthening and building relationships and connection in you know, teams, the work of leaders and staff. And the other part of it is when things haven't gone in the way that they, in a, in a good way, uh, will come in and help that, help them uh, sort that out. And a lot of it's around building some really important foundations around uh, communication and connection and knowing how to, people learning the skills to resolve the you know, the communication and conflict issues as well. And then just that, that ongoing, I guess, building and connecting of relationships. Now, I can see there's a few people watching this live. So anyone watching, if you want to ask Tulsi questions as we're going along, and I'll probably say this a few times during our chat, Tulsi, um, feel free to pop them in the comments and I can I can ask Tulsi on your behalf. But I've got lots of questions for you to start with. So I'll kick us off. Um, can, can you just explain a little bit about you know some of the some of the situations that you you see in your work so you know um like 
things that maybe I think aren't necessarily obvious to us straight away, but could be red flags for some really disastrous things down the track if we if we don't deal with them. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest one that comes to mind is uh, challenging behaviours or, you know, bad inappropriate behaviours being left and not addressed. And in, in essence, the behaviours that we uh, don't address are the behaviours that we accept. And what we find is that it really changes uh, for the worse a, a culture, the team relationships and the feeling in an organisation completely. So one of the things that is really important to us is, is going back to basics when, when there are challenges and seeing whether people are really clear about what the expectations of each other are and resetting values and expectations are a huge part of that. Because it can be one of these things, I think, that, and, you know, I've experienced it in my career where um, it, it kind of leaves people dreading work in the morning. You know, they could love their job, they could actually love what they're doing and, you know, at the best of times be super engaged with their work. But these kind of issues with conflict or having, I mean, even one person who is, you know, um, particularly uh, aggressive or maybe bullying and things like that can have a massive impact on on everyone's sort of happiness really right yeah it's devastating i i this is the thing that uh, i guess it inspires me to do this work but also devastates me on uh, almost a daily basis sometimes because we see that it really wouldn't take that much often to really change the way things are but what we're, we're seeing is it can be one person or two people sometimes it, it escalates because people are just being allowed to do whatever they want in some ways and uh yeah it's it's I often liken it to you know like you have this beautiful crystal clear glass of water and you put a drop of poison in and it infects everyone so really if if we're not addressing those kinds of behaviors it's 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 not a good thing and you're, you're not doing anyone any favours. And I guess the other bit that, that it has come up quite a bit recently is that sometimes people don't say anything because the challenging person might be, say, unwell or having personal difficulties. And the important part is separating what they're going through from the behaviour that they're demonstrating. So it's it's kind of giving them support and saying, look, it's okay for you to be, you know, unwell or for us to need to support you or for you not to be able to do your work as well as you might usually be able to, but it's not okay to be dismissive and rolling your eyes and criticising people and, uh, you know, there's sometimes even worse behaviours, but it's not okay to engage in those behaviours. So there's a, a distinction between like allowing people flexibility and support on the one hand and allowing them to engage in those behaviours that uh, are devastating to everybody. And I want to talk more about some of the, the tools and tactics and solutions, you know, um, leaders can implement within the workplace. But before we do that, I want to ask you a little bit about how remote working and how, you know, this time of uncertainty is affecting people. Because I think, you know, like you said before, there could be something going on for people personally. And right now, it's kind of like it's that's everyone. You know, everyone's in this situation where, you know, they're homeschooling or they're, uh, you know, dealing with partners being off. I mean, I feel like almost everyone will be have some sort of negative thing happening as a result this what have you kind of seen uh happen you know during this time uh I mean, quite a bit of the feedback from organizations that we're getting is that 
there is there is something about the uncertainty and struggle combined with the type of communication we're having to engage in that is causing a different kind of challenge and there's that mix of anxiety and stress is is having an impact on on communication uh, and it yeah it's it's putting pressure on relationships so that's definitely something there I think that whole kind of juggling a whole range of you know bits as well you know in our lives I mean I'm certainly experiencing that myself uh, with you know managing you know work and business and pers personal sort of stuff as well it's 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 not an easy thing uh, and now I'm also hearing even yesterday um, when I was doing some work with an organization there's a new anxiety around okay we might be sort of opening things up or kind of getting back to you know a new normal what's that going to look like and there's anxiety around that so there's just it does have an impact and I think that's one of the things we need to recognize is that uh, you know, when we are in struggle or uncertainty or going through a transition phase, we are often not at our best and are more likely to be at our worst and kind of plan for that and come up with strategies and, and develop skills to, to manage and support connection together. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you and I spoke last year um, and you were talking about, you know, there's certain things that, that will trigger people um you know from past trauma things that have happened in their lives and they'll behave differently you know based on that so you know one person getting anxious might mean a completely different set of behaviors to someone else you know mm -hmm. so how can you you know for someone who's trying to you know be sensitive to what's happening for others how can they kind of you know actually identify what what's happening as well Oh, I think it's an ongoing work in progress. Uh, some of the steps that I will we encourage is around even going to back to basics and, and starting to become more aware of what happens in your body when you feel under threat. So, you know, say you, you miss that meeting, someone's rude to you, uh, you're having, you know, an argument with with someone, you know, all the all the things that challenge us, what happens for you? Like I know for me I get sort of the, the colour draining from my face or feel sick in the stomach. And getting people to recognise the particular style of sign for them. And, and with that, when something really challenging happens, they might be more likely to identify, oh, I'm having that physical reaction. I, I need to stop, not say anything, pause, take a moment, because our body tells us things quicker than our brain when we're under threat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's hard for a lot of us to, to know that, right? Like it sounds like part of what you're saying as well is that this is something that, you know, it, it requires sort of an education and understanding for everyone in the team. It's not just up to the leader to kind of figure out what's going on. Is that is that right? Yeah, look, I, I think that's, I think it is really important and it comes back to the basic, basic uh, components of like self-awareness and self-regulation and doing work with everybody, as you say, yeah, not just the leaders, uh, encouraging you know, staff, teams, leaders to all recognise what they bring at their worst, uh, what kind of behaviours they demonstrate and, and what happens for them when they're under threat and giving them some, some 
ways of you know creating that space between what happens you know the stimulus and response creating that space where they can make choices rather than immediately just react like sometimes you know give it like i guess a you know dramatic example of like you know you annoy like you annoy me uh you're you're angry at me so i i punch you in the face right i've never punched you in the face of course awesome <laughs> But it's like that <laughs> instinctive reaction, like you do something bad to me and I just react. But recognizing that we have more choices, like almost like, uh, you know, if you, if, like a chessboard, we have all these possibilities, but creating space to consider the possibilities and moving through a process of taking a step back to consider our emotions uh, in a way where we can make you know, better choices, as, as they say, yeah. So, okay, on to a little bit more about actions, you know, people can take because I know people always want, okay, but what can I do? So yeah. let, let's say for uh, someone who's kind of like, look, I'm there's a lot of anxiety in my team. I'm not seeing too much from where I stand, but I'm sensing yeah. that there's, you know, but I don't know yet, you know, so they're kind of at that point where they're trying to figure out what's going on. What sort of process do they need to go through to get to a point where, I mean, really, I think the outcome that we all want in our businesses is that everyone's kind of working to, you know, the ideal situation, everyone's working happily, you know, able yeah. to communicate clearly and things like that. But what's sort of the journey that people need to go on to, to get to that point? Mm. Oh, I think there's there's a, there's a whole bunch of, of steps. I mean, I think one of the things is, you know, making sure you've got that foundation of trust and good communication. And that in itself uh, can often require a bit of work. And I think when organisations are very busy and potentially productive in one way, they might not take stock of the level of trust and uh, connection that exists. So I think that's, that's a really important one. Uh, I certainly think that, uh, you know, doing even basic things like how, if this is all, there has to be trust. If there's not trust, this isn't, this isn't going to work. But, you know, doing regular check-ins with, with team members and seeing how everyone is going, encouraging uh, that, that shared sort of communication around how everyone is. And uh, what was the other bit of your question? Can you remind me? I'm just, uh, I just had a, a blank. <laughs> just, just in terms of, you know, I'm kind of wondering if there's a process. So it's like, okay, first trust, we need to establish trust, which yes. in of itself could, could be quite a difficult, there could be a whole heap of subsets, but let's say like, okay, trust is step one. Yes. You know, step two is, is, is setting up, you know, what, what's kind of that, that process look yes. like? Okay, yeah, so uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think the, the really important bit is setting values and expectations. So a lot of uh, the problems that exist in organisations is that, uh, are that uh, there hasn't been the right conversations had around this is what we ex expect. And we do a really a really great activity in, in our workshops called Above and Below the Line Behaviours. And it's really about getting the team themselves to talk about what are the behaviours that they uh, want in their team and what are the behaviours that they don't. Or you can do that organisationally as well. You know, what, what do we want from each other? What don't we want? And you can even focus it on what do we want for our customers or clients and what do we want from each other? But setting those expectations of each other is that first step. Uh, and it's almost like what we see is there's this, this conflict that exists, just, you know, perhaps, you know, personality issues or other, other 
types of conflict, but then there's conflict around people having different ideas about their roles, about how they do things. And, uh, and that's a real shame because once you do that bit, you already get probably, you can take some of the conflict off the table because because you have clarity. So yeah, so that's that's the first, um, that's the, really the first part. And I mean, the trust, <laughs> the trust comes through consistent action and being really clear about how you communicate and also establishing a really high expectation around kindness and care between uh, people and calling out those behaviours. So I think there's there's a number of you know components to that um, organisations and people working well together, and that's around you know calling out inappropriate, setting the expectations calling out inappropriate behaviours, providing really important feedback around praise and appreciation and, uh, you know, and communicating with, with empathy and, uh, and openness as well. And they're all things that are tricky to do, right? Because I think I was just thinking as you were saying it, I worry that um, some might, and I think I've seen this before and maybe you have too, is it sort of undermined as common sense? Like, oh, yeah, but that's common sense, you know, we should all talk to each other and things. But uh, it's not that simple, is it? <laughs> no, no that, that's right. It's really interesting because I think that that's like such an important point is that people think that they're like, yeah, I've got empathy. Yeah, I can communicate. It's all good. Like, what are you, what are you telling me? But when we actually start doing our face-to-face workshops and getting people to demonstrate what it is they think they know, it's very clear that they don't know uh, most of the time, and which is fair enough because we don't. It's not something we typically learn growing up. But there are really, really significant skills around, say, giving you know positive feedback. I mean, positive feedback is a whole area in itself that people don't know how to do it and you know like real praise with like real focus and structure and content is so powerful to it's like one of the big motivators for employees and pretty much no one's getting it and then you know the other bits of someone shares something with you and and you so you kind of give them an empathy blocker that you think is empathy so that can be oh you know well you know everyone's you know I think the typical one at the moment I'm really struggling say working from home I feel like I've got digital depression or whatever and someone will say oh yeah we're all in the same boat we're all we're all experiencing the same thing well the reality is we're not I mean we're all experiencing similar things but differently and or you know oh Oh, you know, at least you've got a job. You know, that's not empathy either. You know, so there's all different bits that are so important to creating or so so many different skills that are important to creating that connection. And it's like a mystery box that people haven't like gone into. And once we do, you know, coaching and and the sort of programs, it's like people are like, wow, this is it's like learning another language, which is exciting. And, it, you know, I want to ask you because, I, and I think we have talked about this before when you said it was such an eye-opener. So, um, you know, in terms of what can happen from doing this, you know, so it's kind of like at the beginning this is what this looks like and after doing this work, uh, yeah. you know, what sort of, what sort of uh, things are you seeing that are different in the way that teams are speaking to one another, one another and communicating? I, it's very exciting to me. <laughs> I, I just I love the work and the opportunity to contribute. And sometimes it's 
quite incredible. Like, I guess I, one example that, that comes to mind is where I was actually working with a relatively small business of about 12 employees. And, and when I, I mean, this is, uh, this is uh, Rob and my business partner and I, but when I, I went and was doing that work and I, I went in there and at the time, basically the communication was either non-existent or shouting and swearing and all sorts of things were going down. The whole team had literally fallen apart, which was really sad. And within the, the space of two weeks, uh, everything changed. And that was really through, uh, you know, having one-on-ones with all the team members, then doing facilitated meetings with the, um, you know, with each team member and the owner of the business doing some coaching with the owner and then doing uh, a couple of team sessions. And like, so that's not a lot of work really, but, and it did require the, the owner of the business to be open about where they could have done better and, and where they recognised they were contributing to the challenge. Uh, but it was, it was completely transformative. And, and when I spoke to him, like actually two weeks after he said, everything's great they're all like chirping birds you know like which I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you want chirping birds but they were really everyone was happy and they were talking and I know so it was so they're the kind of they're the kind of outcomes you can see or say if I've um you know I've worked with say an uh, a manager and an employee who just the only way that they can talk is through either shouting or crying and and through creating shared understanding uh, you know, just shifting that relationship so the rest of the team go, wow, what happened? How did how did that change? You know, so now I just something. want to say, anyone anyone uh, watching this, if you do want to ask questions, I said this at the beginning, feel free to throw them in. I've still got a few more questions for you, Tulsi, but you know, <laughs> if you want to ask questions, and also, you know, I know a lot of people watch this afterwards, so if you have questions afterwards. You can always post them uh, here and then, you know, Chelsea obviously tag you in the post so, you know, you can come in and, and answer them as well. But the mm. thing I'm, I'm sort of really curious about is like just I think it's one thing that's really hard for all of us as human beings is like actually admitting that, you know, maybe our behaviour was bad or, you know, maybe we didn't, you know, we weren't so great or we made someone else feel bad. And mm. I think that's really hard like I think we all like to think that we're you know we're good people and most most of us I think are good people like we're doing our best mm -hmm. do you think like there's an element of resistance to fixing the problem because it can be quite confronting to admit there is a problem in the in the first place yeah I think well I think yeah I think there is definitely resistance different times I, I think people get very stuck in that place of I'm right, you're wrong, as opposed to being open uh, to to what the situation, like to the, all the possibilities. And and I think for me as well, it's a, a little bit of, you know, what is the what's our priority here? And and I I try and reframe it in, in the work we do is, you know, yes, you you may well be right, but the priority is around you know, kindness and care and connection and the relationships. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Uh, some of, we also, you know, talk about sort of different communication strategies, including, you know, apologizing. And it's a really, it's a very important one, but often apologizing requires a level of insight into, you know, what could I have done better? 
But I think when people learn some more around the communication side of things, and, and when we focus on developing self-awareness and, you know, management, management of your, uh, you know, challenging emotions, what we also see is that through that process, people become aware that they could have probably done better than they realised. And even if they, you know, even if they're like really focused on that person being challenging or annoying or irritating or they can't stand them, suddenly they, they will often say, oh, wow. I guess I could have done that better. I, I didn't really listen or I, I just launched in. Or they recognise that their particular communication style is, say, for example, really quick and jumping in, whereas other people are a little slower and need more time. So that awareness can can um, deal with that resistance to some, to some extent at quite often. I was just thinking, you know, like with... Um, I'm always just thinking. <laughs> thinking is not my problem (laughs) Uh, but you know like I mean I think this even happens with with individuals like you know to to go and and seek help like with with mental health stuff and with you know it can just be really hard you know people say like well awareness is like 50 you're 50 percent of the way there I think it can be really hard for us to see the problem in the first place and also Mm -hmm. maybe not recognize what can you know and that's kind of why I was asking a few questions about this like the results from dealing with it because you know I'm imagining even with the team of 12 example that you said you know like that's that kind of breakdown is going to mean like the business is not making much money the customers are probably not very happy um because they're dealing with people who are unhappy uh you know like it has all of these sort of flow on effects that you know are in in intangible terms have a massive impact on the business. So from a a governance perspective, from actually you know uh, say sustainability perspective, you know if these problems aren't dealt with, uh, I mean, have you seen any sort of real life cases of that where it's like you know it's it's too late or it's not dealt with, and you know businesses can really uh, you know struggle to to survive as a result. Uh I have, uh, I, I haven't seen, actually, no, that's not true. I was just thinking about that, the question. Uh, I have heard of, is actually, of, of a business that has, you know, basically sort of deteriorated because of the failure to deal with the people side of things. But I also, like, for, for example, we got called into a really, like, a multi-million dollar company uh, and, and, the thing is, I don't think that they were dealing with their people, the people parts with uh, well, even like at, at the foundational level. And but we got called in at the point where they just were losing so many staff that their HR department was bigger than any other department, even though the other departments were huge. And it was all about trying to employ more people because they would lose people after five days, ten days, wow. six months, and it just was. It was really impacting on. In every on every part of the business, and I, I I still I sometimes I'm I can't quite believe it. It's like there's this missing link in a lot of businesses. It's there's such a focus on output, like of task productivity in that you know in the financial sort of sense of it, but there's no connection to or limited connection to if we look after our people really well, if we make them feel valued and seen and cared for, and you know we listen to them, check in on them, 
we will have a productive workforce that wants to stay. It's it's almost like there's just, it's like a very narrow focus. And it's so unfortunate because the tasks are generally not the challenge, it's the people. That's 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 the bit. And I mean we see that even in recruitment practices. And that is that is changing, which is good. But some of the challenges we've helped to try and sort out is because the organisations have recruited based on people's ability to do the task and, and not their fit with the team and their ability to support others and, you know, be like create good, you know, good vibes. <laughs> I mean, I, even, even to the point where I, recently I was told someone said, yes, we actually knew that she was a challenge. Like we did the referee checks and they were like, she's really difficult with people. But she, we thought she was, you know, so good at the job, we decided just to take her anyway. And that has created over many years huge challenges and, and including like bullying complaints, et cetera. And so, you know, what are we doing? Like, like stand back, think about the people side of things because that's what's going to get you the outcomes that you want in the long term, you know? Yeah, 100%. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, Tracy. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Sometimes I go, come on, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, businesses are run by people, right? Like, and people are tricky and amazing and interesting and difficult, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's certainly not about having the same people. I mean, like, diversity and difference is so important within teams and you can get so such great outcomes, but it is about making sure that people can communicate and support each other and that, people aren't avoiding challenging situations because those challenging situations can also create understanding and clearer ways forward, you know, and that kind of, it's just a really important part of it, yeah. Tulsi, we're going to finish up in a minute, but if people want to find out more about you and connect with you, I mean, obviously we're here on LinkedIn so people can reach out to you on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. I always forget we're on Facebook too, so sorry, Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, how else can people sort of find out more about the work you do yeah well they can go to our website which is uh funnily enough bravepeoplesolutions.com.au so that's pretty easy but yeah happy to uh, connect on linkedin as well and i'm I'm always keen to help solve problems because i like it (laughs) and you're obviously still working you know during this time so are you doing like virtual workshops or how are you kind of making that that sort of side of it work I am doing virtual workshops and I'm doing virtual coaching. And yesterday I did my first physical distancing workshops uh, in person, which was uh, extremely strange, Uh, you know, like exam conditions, one person to one big table in a huge hall with 18 participants, no small group work, very unusual, but also Actually, it was good just to be near people and doing it anyway, even though it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> we adapt, right? That's what we do in business. We adapt. <laughs> yes, I kept, I kept wanting to say, okay, put your pens down. <laughs> it, was like, it was such an exam thing. It was really, it was very unusual. Uh, but it just made me realise like how important connection is and and. People like uh, when I went into that organisation yesterday, people hadn't seen each other in person for a long time. So they were really happy to see each other, but, you know, at the, you know, number of metres distance. 
yeah. but we were, everyone was wanting to like hug each other and they couldn't and they were, everyone was wanting to be close and so it, it was just it's amazing how important connection to is is to us in so many ways yeah, yeah 100% well Tulsi thank you so much again it's been awesome chatting with you as always and the internet worked it worked <laughs> very happy about that thanks Lauren always amazing to talk to you so it's great oh, thank, thank you all right everyone so that's it from me for today go check out what Tulsi is about if you enjoyed that episode also let her know that you heard about her on this show that would be awesome um really appreciate having the guests that we get to have on this show and it's really great if they know that it's valued as well from the people listening uh have an awesome week guys and I'll be back next week and we'll start working through that ikigai series on all the different things all the different aspects of the ikigai so you can start to have a look at that piecing together yeah what am i good at and what does the world need and sort of we'll start talking through some more questions you can ask yourself around there but until then remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place cheers guys Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Yeah.